I think an admin assistant or a virtual assistant is an, a quote unquote easy first hire. And that allows you to just offhand some of those tasks that you're like, man, I could do a Loom video and show somebody how to do this if they don't know how. I can get somebody in, whether that's scheduling blog content, scheduling email content, jumping in and helping you with DMs every now and then, being in your inbox, like training them how to do that. I feel like for a lot of solopreneurs, myself included, it's fear that keeps us from wanting to pass off a task. But if you find the right person to pass that task off to, it will free up your time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Are you the visionary of your business? Do you have a clear idea of its future, but just need someone to come alongside you to create some order out of all your ideas and plans so that they can actually be implemented? If so, you won't want to miss this episode. This week's guest is Creative at Heart founder and integrator Kat Schmoyer. Kat joins me on the podcast to discuss what an integrator is and the impact that hiring one can have on a business. We also discuss what sort of tasks an integrator focuses on, what you can learn from an integrator, even if you aren't one, and when you might be ready to hire one. Be sure to check out the show notes at davyandchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And we want to hear from you. Let us know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Branson Book Podcast as we move forward. To leave your feedback, just send us a DM on Instagram at davyandchrista. Now, on to the episode. All right, cool. Welcome back to another episode of the Brands of Book Podcast. I have, how many times have you been on the podcast? I don't Kat? even know. <laughs> at least, I think you've been on at least twice. So I think this I might think be your so. third appearance. Anyways, I have Cash Moyer, founder of Creative Heart. Among, you know, you have all sorts of stuff going on. One of us that just it always seems to have a lot of stuff going on. But welcome back. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And I'm so glad we're talking about this. Yeah, I am excited to chat. I mean, I'm excited to chat Creative Heart. So we'll that's coming up and I wanna I wanna hear all about that. Today we're chatting about integrators, mm-hmm. the role of having an integrator in your business and what that is. And Kat and I were just joking. This would be a, a very natural interview, I think, because I have I don't really know what an integrator is. So <laughs> it's uh it'll be easy for me to come up with questions because I don't I don't really know what an integrator is. So those are always great interviews to have. But it's one of those it's one of those roles that I've heard in different places. I've heard people talk about it on a podcast before. I think I've read a couple of blog posts about it. It's funny at Till and both you know Davy and Chris and Till we have teams, but at Till especially lately we'll have these funny conversations where we're talking about what roles we need to fill, and someone will be like, oh, I, I, feel, I, I really feel like we need an integrator, 
And then it's like, what's an integrator? I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I could picture you guys smoking cigars and like drinking <laughs> and like talking about like, oh, like, should we do this or not? And what does this mean? I love that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like something we need. So you can demystify that for us. Yes, yes. But I do think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a helpful conversation. Chris and I have actually, we're getting ready to uh, push out some content about building a team. So I think this is going to fit really nicely into that conversation. But before we get into all that, Creative Heart, you know, we're coming off 2020. So needless to say. Right, 2020. There, yeah. <laughs> and there has been no in-person conferences, of course. Yeah. So now we're getting back into 2021. Creative Heart coming up in June. What are you excited about? Everything. I mean, I'm just excited to be able to be back in person, you know, yeah. and be able to see friends. Like, and we're so glad you're going to be there. The guys from Tell are going to be there. Just Caitlin, Amy, and Jordan, just some really incredible people are coming, but also excited for the new people, like just to be able to gather together in person and learn and grow and connect. I've missed it. It's been so, so long since we've gotten to do that. Yeah, I'm excited for it because it, I think this will be our first in person event since 2020. So I'm excited for that. So that'll be, I think, our first in-person event. But it looks a bit, little bit different this year, right? So mm -hmm. there's an in-person aspect, but there's also a virtual aspect, right? Correct. Yeah. So one of the things because of 2020, we decided, well, let's try a hybrid model. We've never done that before. We've always just done in-person track. And so now you can join us virtually. And so we have some live Zoom conversations like panel group style that will be taking place. You'll be able to watch live the keynotes and interact with other attendees, other panel leaders, other breakout leaders, things like that. So really excited to have that virtual option, not just because of the pandemic, but also knowing that sometimes you just can't make an in-person event, regardless of COVID or not. You know, there's just other things going on and you're not able to come in person. So now we have this other option and, and it's going to be great. Yeah. And I assume that's probably one of the like grand mysteries of trying to figure out or, or planning a conference is where, where am I going to host this? You know, it doesn't yes. seem like there's any clear cut answers. It's like, well, if I host it on the East Coast, then it's harder for West Coast people to get there. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I do. I agree that the virtual I'm really interested to see how the virtual aspect of things go. And, you know, just for people who are not comfortable traveling yet, it's a good option for them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're learning a lot. Like I was nervous to do virtual because of the tech and like all of these things. And I'm like, no, I can handle the logistics of an in-person. Like let's not have this virtual option. But so far it's been really fun to, you know, walk through that process and figure out what our people are going to want and going to need so that they have the magic of creative at heart, like from their home. So I'm excited about both opportunities. Yeah. Awesome. So I don't know if you already said this, but what are the dates of creative at heart? So creative is July 19th through 22nd. And if you're coming in person, it's in North Carolina, but then again, also the virtual option too. Yeah. Awesome. When does registration end? The end of May. So June 1st, technically like May 31st at midnight or 1159 PM um, awesome. will be the last day to register. Yeah. That's great. So people have plenty of time after listening to this episode mm -hmm. uh, to go register <laughs> if they're interested in, in doing so. Yes. And we'll be sure to include all of these dates and information on where to register in the show notes as Perfect. always. So anyways, let's let's dive into our conversation about integrators. Yeah. Maybe we can just start by by you answering the question, what is an integrator? 
Yeah. Okay. Such a good question. Also, again, really excited to talk about this because I feel like it's a word that gets thrown around in our industry and you do kind of scratch your head and think like, but what is like, what does that mean? It sounds kind of fancy. Like, what is that? It all starts from two books. I'm going to throw these books out there and I know Davey will link them for y'all. Traction and Rocket Fuel. They're both by Gina Wickham and then he did it together with Mark Withers for Rocket Fuel. And so Traction, I don't know if you've talked about Traction on here before, Davey, or not. I believe we've had, no, we haven't talked about it, but we've had at least one guest mention it before. Okay. Okay. Traction is very powerful for small business owners. It's about a method that will, like the name, help you build traction in your business. So about a method of team building, a method of really setting goals and being able to actually like get things done. So it walks through what's called the EOS system, like the EOS model. And that model, again, helps you take big picture goals and break them down throughout the entire team. So whether that's a team of 10 or a team of 30. Like you're able to just really break down what the business needs to do to gain traction. Well, in that book, they mention visionaries and integrators. So then they took it, they wrote it a separate book called Rocket Fuel that is just about the visionary integrator relationship and how when that relationship is really fused together, you have rocket fuel in the organization. And traction can't happen unless you have true rocket fuel of a visionary and an integrator working collectively together to make growth happen. Yeah. There's so many things coming to mind right now, especially for people who are just starting business, might be solopreneurs right now, mm -hmm. and the implications of that for them. One of the things, just as I was prepping for this podcast a little bit, was reading about, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that it's pretty rare to be both a visionary and an integrator, to, to naturally have... Okay, to naturally have both those characteristics. Yeah, they say that less than 5% will have, like, will truly have both that they can operate in, like, best capacity as both. A lot of visionaries have to be the integrator because it's your company. A lot of visionaries are the solopreneur. You started this business. You had a vision. You knew what you wanted to do. You knew who you wanted to serve. And then you also have to make the business happen. So you have to be in the weeds doing all the things and wearing all of the hats. And so this model is saying that, well, yes, you can grow a business that way in order to truly scale, in order to start to hit multi six figure, potentially even seven figures. So to really go big, you need to let go as the visionary and have an integrator that is going to then make it happen. So the visionary can keep vision casting, can keep dreaming big. Okay. So we have visionaries, you know, who come up with a vision, mm -hmm. cast the dream. Mm -hmm. have an idea of maybe where the company is going or, yes. you know, I guess a vision for where the company is going. And then the integrator, you know, for, I guess, lack of a better way to put it is the person who gets stuff done. Yeah. So the, I've heard it described in two different ways. One, the visionary might build the car, but then the integrator needs to keep it going. So, hey, wait, we got to get oil. Oh, we need to change the tires. Oh, wait, we need to like check on X, Y, and Z. So the visionary might have a pulse on the car market, right? Like, oh, this is the next new car. Like we need to go do this. We need to go do this. And they're really good at like market research and big relationships, right? Like relationships with big vendors, closing deals. But the integrator is the one that's like, well, I need to make sure that this car is good. So I need to keep a pulse on the team. I need to keep a pulse on the offers that we already have going and our current customers and our current clients. And like, how are they doing before we just keep building all of these cars, but we're not actually making the one that we already have run well. Sure. Sure. So what kinds of things would an integrator do in a business? 
A lot of the integrator's role is management. So an integrator works best when there is a team to manage. And so I serve as an integrator for one specific team where she has a mixture of full-time employees, part-time employees, and subcontractors. So I have my hands in those pots. And and if you think about like an organizational chart for a company, okay, you have the visionary at the very top, right? CEO, visionary, founding entrepreneur. Right underneath the visionary is the integrator. And then underneath the integrator is all all of the facets of the business. So operations, HR, sales and marketing, however, you know, that plays out in your organization. So the integrator is that middle person that's managing all of the moving pieces and taking the visionary's dream and making sure that the team is bringing it to life. The integrator can also be an implementer, but in a perfect scenario, you have other people to implement so that the integrator gets to manage, right, the implementers. But like, for example, in the team that I'm on right now, I'm also acting as marketing director because that's a hole that the business has and somebody needs to fill that seat. So I have way more hands in the pot of the marketing department than I do the others in terms of the implementation that I'm doing, but I'm still integrating and that I'm integrating as in making sure all of those operation systems, all of the moving pieces are working really well together. Awesome. So I guess that's probably one area. I assume that the integrator was the implementer. So okay. that's, yeah. that's a helpful distinction. So it sounds to me that the integrator is more of like a COO, you know, mm-hmm. to a certain mm-hmm. extent, or at least that type of person. So managing operations, like you said, employees, subcontractors, assuming that people are following standard operating procedures. Yes. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And the, at least right now with the integration that I'm doing and I'm loving is helping create the systems for that. Like we need an operating procedure. Like what, what are we doing? How are we making sure that every client, whether that's, you know, from a course, you know, somebody walking through a digital product you have or a service that they're walking through the same level of experience. So let's create the standard operating procedure. Integrators can also help implement the initial system. So whether that's something like ClickUp or Trello or Asana, whatever that is, like, hey, are we actually all using this to the best of the team's ability and of this system's ability? Do we need to make, you know, revisions in here? So the integrator can implement to create it initially, but then again, in a perfect scenario, the integrator only does it once and passes it off and then gets to step back up into that management role to truly be able to integrate all of the pieces together. Sure. And so there's a level of uh, accountability, I guess, that the integrator is bringing to the team. So it's ultimately the integrator making sure that each of the respective parties are doing what, you know, I guess has been assigned to them or what, you know, uh, fulfilling their roles. Is that right? Yes. In Rocket Fuel. And I'm also a part of Rocket Fuel University, which is like the membership for the book Rocket Fuel. So if you read it and you love it, you can also take an assessment online that's free. If you're like, man, I'm not quite sure, like which one am I? You can take that assessment and then join their membership community, which is really awesome for additional connection and education around this. But they talk about LMA, which is leading, managing, and holding accountable. Like that is core to what the integrator is doing. So the integrator is likely, like I spend a lot of time in Slack, trusting and verifying, like, is this being done? What about this? What about this? 
going back and forth between employees and subcontractors so that the visionary doesn't have to do that. The visionary can be focused on, I need to create this next course, or I need to go do X, Y, and Z podcast interviews. The visionary there, I feel like the visionary's role in the business should very much be revenue making. Like what does the visionary need to do to create that new revenue stream or put the brand out there? And then the integrators behind the scenes, making sure that all of the other pieces are following behind that. Sure, sure. So talk to me about kind of in what order someone would bring on an integrator. So let's say, let's, let's just assume that a lot of our, a lot of listeners are visionaries because, you know, I think, I think we have a lot of business owners out there and, you know, that I, I would assume if, you know, between integrators and visionaries, it's probably mostly visionaries that are starting businesses. Maybe right. that assumption's wrong, but just for uh, the sake of this example, let's say that it's mostly visionaries. When should an integrator be brought on? Is it brought on or is an integrator brought on when a team is already in place or should an integrator be brought on really to help hire or build out a team? Is there any guidance there, you know, either from the book or from your experience? Yeah. So there's two different schools of thought, and I'm actually doing both of those things with the two brands that I work for. One, I'm helping to hire. Okay. So I'm helping create the systems with the solopreneur right now because of just the way that revenue is going. You know, there's the potential to continue to scale through team building. So it's almost consulting, right? To say, okay, sure. well, if you want to bring on the team, then this, this, and this needs to happen. And then helping them assess, well, what's the biggest weakness right now where we need a team? Like we, we need a person for this role first. Like how do you assess that? So there can be a level of consulting within that from an integrator, but I really believe that to actually integrate, there needs to be a team in place. So the other brand that I work for, again, has multiple full-time, part-time and subcontractors. So managing a team of eight or nine, that's what an integrator can really start to integrate, right? And can really start to potentially fix messes, right? Things that have maybe gotten messy already in sure. the team building process and then help the business scale. I think that as visionaries, and I've because I own my own business, I feel like I've served as a visionary and integrator in my own business. And it's just been within the last year that I've had a lot of aha moments that like, wow, I'm actually way better at the integrator spot than I am at the visionary spot. When I took the test, I was 93 out of 100 for integrator and 53 out of 100 for visionary. So I'm like, man, I've been doing this way wrong for like eight years as an entrepreneur. <laughs> so for me, it's been really cool to lean into integration. But I do think that as a visionary, you have to know your business. So I, I do think that it's better for the integrator if the visionary already has somewhat of a team, because as the visionary, you know, the moving pieces, like you've probably been doing it for a while before you brought on the team. So you do have a pulse on your brand and a pulse on your team, but now you're ready to trust and release and pass it off to the right integrator. Sure. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Also interesting that you bring that up about yourself, because I think I remember Jesse and I were talking about you and this is year, it, it had to be years ago, but I remember Jesse saying something along the lines of, I don't know if I've ever met somebody who is as much of a go-getter as you are, you know? And so it makes sense, like looking in, kind of hearing you talk about what an integrator is and just kind of what I know about you, it makes sense that you would really fulfill that role, 
you know? Thank you. So. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I really have loved it so much. It's been one of those things about 2020 that I'm going to look back and smile at, you know, because I made this pivot. And even though 2020 was so hard, it's been a really awesome pivot. And I do think that our industry is filled with more visionaries than integrators. And so it's been cool to step into this space and understand a little bit more about the visionaries way of thinking and try to help them either find the right integrator or again, do some consulting to kind of in the interim period, get them set up for an integrator, whatever that looks like. And I think one of the hardest things about hiring a team is yes, it does allow you to scale. It does allow you to get more done than you would certainly that you would, than you would get done alone. Typically it allows you to get more done better than you would yourself okay. because you're hiring people who you specialize in whatever that role is. But at the same time, you know, as the founder of two businesses, it doesn't necessarily give you more time yeah, in a way absolutely. it does, no, you know, totally. but training is a, I mean, training yes. takes time beyond that. I mean, creating standard operating procedures, you know, and I just think of uh, some of our initiatives are at till we've been doing a pretty good job of, of doing that, but those kinds of things take time and then making sure that you can create them. You can put them in a Google drive folder. doesn't mean that anybody's ever going to look at them <laughs> exactly. again. You know? And so I go back to like trust and verify. Like, I feel like that's something that I talk about with the one company I'm with and we say like trust and verify like every day and yeah. it's not to micromanage. It's really just to trust, but also verify and make sure, sure. like we're all making the wheels turn together. Yeah. All of that takes a lot of time. You know, they're not bad things, but again, to have somebody come, I could, I could very well, I could very easily see having somebody come in and, and fill that position and how it would free up so, yeah. so much time. <laughs> so this right. is great. So I'm, I'm having, I'm having my own aha moment right now, but as far as, you know, so I assume that everybody listening right now might not be, somebody might not be in a position to hire an integrator. Mm -hmm. And so what are the, some of the things that you've learned about being an integrator that might be helpful for people who maybe aren't in a position either to hire a team or to hire an integrator right now? Yeah, good question. So I think first and foremost, taking the time to put some of those operations in place, put some of those systems in place so that if even if it is just you right now, if you bring on a VA, if you bring on, you know, any sort of subcontractors and, and any other expertise, you have something in place that makes you feel like, okay, yeah, like we can start to grow and build together. So even if that just looks like right now, pulling out your calendar and like blocking off a day this month where you're going to sit down and say like, okay, let me try to fix this mess. What's going on? Like when a client comes in, like what's the workflow? How do I keep track of my daily to do's or how am I, you know, implementing these ideas that I have just really looking at all of these moving pieces in your business, both the client facing moving pieces. So maybe a system like Dubsado all the way to the back end of how are you doing it? Something like Trello, ClickUp, Asana, that sort of thing. So just really assessing, give yourself a little audit, I guess is like the best way to say it. Give yourself a little audit on your own systems and operating procedures, and then take the time to put them together. There are templates out there. So depending on what it is that you need help with, you can then go and purchase a template or maybe do consulting with somebody to help you get everything in place. And then you're the one continuing to implement it every single week. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense too. And I know for most of the tools that we use, there's communities of people who 
their entire mm-hmm. business is built around consulting for that tool. So yeah. I know that's true for Dubsado. I know that's true for ClickUp and people who have just specialized in those platforms and their entire business is about helping people get different integration set up for those, uh, for those tools, getting those tools set up themselves so that they're working, you know, for the business. So there's a lot of resources out there and that's probably a good in-between step before Mm -hmm. maybe going out and hiring an integrator. What do you feel like just in your experience for somebody who's starting to think about, you know, potentially scaling, uh, and let's say integrators, not their first hire. What have you found to be like the first, a good first hire? And I'm sure this is like, probably uh, differs a little bit from business to business, but I don't know if you've noticed any commonalities across the brands that you've been working with. And of course, your experience building your own businesses as well. I think an admin assistant or a virtual assistant is a quote unquote easy first hire. Typically that person is minimal amount of hours a week, at least to start, or even maybe it's a monthly package, you know, something like that. And that allows you to just offhand some of those tasks that you're like, man, I could do a loom video and show somebody how to do this if they don't know how, you know, I can do this. I can get somebody in, whether that's scheduling blog content, scheduling email content, jumping in and helping you with DMS every now and then being in your inbox, like training them how to do that. I feel like for a lot of solopreneurs, myself included, a few years ago, it's fear that keeps us from wanting to pass off a task. But if you find the right person to pass that task off to, it will free up your time. So start with that admin assistant. Start with somebody that kind of has their hands in a couple of different pots for you, but on that truly administrative level, and then see what happens either just within their growth with the brand, but also then the time that it frees up for you. And then you might find like, well, man, this is awesome. Now I need to go find the social media manager or now I need to go hire like this other person over here. And then all of a sudden you're starting to build a little mighty team. Yeah. Hiring a VA, we did not, we did not hire an admin assistant first. We hired designers first. And, you know, I guess I always kind of had that question. I was like, is it really worth it? Like I can answer my emails, you know, it's like, well, I mean, yes, it'd be nice to have somebody do this, but I can do this. And then finally hiring an admin and having an admin over the course of the last you know, our, our old admin, we just switched, not switched, but our old admin left for personal reasons, you know, have another kid and uh, family mm-hmm. stuff and so on and so forth. I didn't want to make it sound like, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like she hated it here. No, but, uh, and then Kate, our, our new admin, but both of them have been spectacular. And I'll tell you that when they're out of the office for some reason, I remember very quickly how much, (laughs) how much work they take (laughs) off my plate. You know, it's like all of a sudden at the end of the day, I have this inbox and, and I'm the one answering the emails. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) this is a great reminder of exactly how much they are freeing up my time, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, wow, this really probably should have been one of our first, one of our first hires. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I feel like it's that feeling at the end of the day when you're like, man, what did I actually do today? A lot of those things I think can be the admin assistant, like it can't, or a VA, like it can be somebody that like, okay, all of these little random things that I had to do, I could teach somebody how to do it. And so not being afraid of that training process. And I feel like a lot of visionaries are afraid of that. Like they just, and and I, I get it. It's your baby. It's, it's your vision, right? And now you're passing it off. And so again, if if you are then at a place for an integrator, the integrator can then take over some of that training too, to help mentally. You don't have to worry about it. Like you might be a part of the hiring process, you know, and on those interviews, and then you pass it off to the integrator who keeps the ship running. 
Yeah. And, and maybe before we wrap up here, one of the things that we should, uh, or I'd be interested in hearing your, your thoughts on is training. And I guess there are so many, I don't know, challenges to training, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, one of the ones that you just suggested was these are things that we feel like we do and we're going to be able to do them best. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I will say that every time we hire somebody, I learn that, no, I, I'm not the best person at that. You know, it turns out that somebody yeah. else can do this and oftentimes better than me. But beyond that too, just, it does take maybe a little bit more time to get somebody familiar with their, their role and how to, and how to deal with every single situation. And so that was one of the things that I don't know if it was surprising to me necessarily, but I had to remind myself, you know, each time we hire somebody, it's just, Hey, it's going to take some time to get this person up to speed and for them to be able mm -hmm. to, to handle every situation that comes, comes at them. And mm -hmm. I need to over communicate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, having a tendency. And again, I'm just sort of, this is stream of consciousness, I guess, but <laughs> just processing here with you. You know, I think one of the things that probably all of us, but I know I find myself guilty of sometimes is, is thinking or just assuming that person knows what they're going to do or knows mm -hmm. what to do or knows how to handle mm -hmm. an issue or whatever. And you kind of forget how much you know and how much experience you have you know, in mm -hmm. your own business. So anyways, I mean, could you speak to that a little bit? I mean, just uh, tips that you found helpful in training and then holding people accountable, you know, and, and walking that line in terms of, on the one hand, you want to offer people grace because, you know, mm -hmm. people make mistakes and it takes time to get adjusted. On the other hand, you there are standards that people have to, right. to meet. So I guess, could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's also like two different things when you're hiring, like one, you might be hiring for a specific expertise. And mm -hmm. I feel like for you with Dave and Crystal, like you guys have web designer, like clearly I would not apply for a web designer <laughs> position with your brand. Like I like have no idea what I'm doing. I can like tweak my show it template and then like, that's it. So obviously in that you're not only looking at personality, but expertise really does play a large role. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then there are other parts of the business that they might have zero experience, but if the personality is a good fit and there are other strengths that you feel like they could bring to the table, both for the team as a whole and then just your brand as a whole, they could be a really good fit. And so whenever I'm hiring, always thinking about the strengths and the personalities. I know Nancy Ray talks a lot, has talked a lot about that and some of her like hiring things as well. And then once that person is on the team, definitely taking it slow. I do so many loom videos and sometimes <laughs> I will break it down and I'll say like, you might know how to do this, but I'm literally going to show you exactly what I do in this situation. I want to pretend like they don't know anything and not sure. in a negative way, not in a mean way, but in a way that now I, I don't have to try to go back and reteach them something later. I've walked through every single part of the process. So they're going to get a ton of Loom videos. It's going to be organized on a Trello board, but they're going to get a lot of Loom videos walking them through how to do whatever it is that we're teaching them how to do. Utilizing something like that. Loom is a great tool with Google. It's free. So you can do that one. I also suggest just making sure, just like you said, Davey, like over communicating, but constantly checking in to show that you are available for that over communicating, reminding people like there's no such thing as a silly question. You know, this person's just joined the team. They're probably really nervous, a little overwhelmed. Like they're trying to get the lay of the land. They're trying to figure out team dynamic and personalities and all of that stuff. And so constantly saying like, Hey, how can I help you? What's going on today? Like, what do you need? And reminding them and reassuring them, I think goes a long way and then allows for even more communication from the little stuff to the big stuff. So those would definitely be like the two biggest tips I would have for training. 
Yeah, so much good stuff there. And one of the things, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I remember my first day teaching, walking into you know high school, it was high school English, ninth grade, thinking I'd put together the best lesson plan ever. Like, this is no fail. There's no way kids don't understand this. And realizing, yeah, you know, like everything I thought in terms of how to put together directions had to be rethought and broken down <laughs> even more, you know, yeah. not suggesting that we te- treat any of our team members like ninth graders or anything. But I think one thing <laughs> I learned there was, you know, I need to reevaluate the jumps in logic that I'm asking people to make, you know, because you just forget how much, you know, I mean, all of those things I think are are things that we found to be true as well. Lots of Loom videos, Loom's, Loom is a great mm-hmm. tool. And then just making yourself available too. And I think that this is another thing that maybe you don't think of so much running a remote business because when you're right. when you're in person like if you're going to an office that time sort of naturally makes itself I mean, you're mm-hmm. just in an office, you can run into somebody, you can go into mm-hmm. an office, ask somebody a question. With a re- remote team, though, you really have to make sure that there's time that to check in and that mm-hmm. you're not just assuming that, oh, if someone has an issue, they'll, they'll bring it up to me. Like, you really need to put aside time and give people space to bring that kind of stuff up. And again, you know, this has been a great conversation. I feel like just it's fun processing a lot of these yeah. things. And yeah. this is why we are releasing some content around hiring and team building because, you know, uh, we've learned a lot about it over the course of the last year, especially. And so it's fun to, it's fun to talk about these things. No, totally. I love it. And something I'll just like ping on to that real quickly. I feel like if you're at a place, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I think I need an integrator and not just you think you need one. Cause I do feel like all visionaries need an integrator, but you really sure. feel like you have some team structure in place and you're like, all right, yes, I need to offhand some of this. One thing to really consider when you're hiring an integrator, when you're reaching out to the actual integrator is asking about that availability because of our industry. It is really unique. A lot of integrators are retainer or a certain number of hours for the month. And so really making sure that whatever it is that's being offered fits your business model. Mm. You know, like, do you need somebody who is more full time, literally available nonstop in Slack, then that's going to look different than somebody who's just jumping in. I know some integrators that are like five hours a week, you know, Mm. and that has worked in the team that they are running, but in other teams, like in the teams that I'm running, that would not work at all. And so just making sure that you have those conversations with the integrator, because for the integrator to truly take over all of the things that you want within the team, it usually is more hours or just more hands on deck during that time frame. Yeah. No, I'm glad you were, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's an important thing for people to know as they go about trying to find uh, the right integrator for their business. And I think something too on the on the flip side, if you are a solopreneur and you're maybe not even in the headspace right now where you're like I can't even imagine what it would look like to hire somebody. Uh, yeah. Know that we're not saying, oh, you have to go hire somebody or whatnot. You know, everybody, right. that kind of stuff comes or whatnot. But I think hiring people is easier than people think it is before the first time they do it. You know, like it's a matter yeah. of, I mean, get with your accountant, figure out what that looks like <laughs> in your state, yeah. you know, from an accounting and, you know, whether you can afford it, of course, perspective, what kind of things you have to keep in mind in terms of employees versus contractors and taxes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But as you were saying, you know, there are sort of intermediate steps. It's not like you're bringing somebody on you, or it's not like you have to bring somebody on full time with matching 401ks and, uh, <laughs> right. you know, full medical benefits right. or, you know, whatever. Right. There's a whole continuum in between, you know, of part time, maybe an integrator that's going to work five hours a week. So 
Yeah. And a lot of the integrators in our industry, I found, and I don't know if it's just because they don't, they've never, maybe they've never read Rocket Fuel. <laughs> maybe sure. they're like, oh, and someone's listening to this and they're like, man, I, I'm an integrator. Like I do that. I feel like our industry calls them online business managers. So uh, some mm-hmm. VA, somebody might start as a VA and then morph into an online business manager as their experience grows within the industry or within specific brands that they're working for. And so you could potentially either reach out to a VA if you find that, okay, you know what? I want to step more into visionary roles. So I just need to start offhanding some of these tasks, bring on a VA. And then as the team grows, either that person can step into the integrator role. Like they already know your brand. If they have some of, you know, the traits that you're looking for and the experience that you're looking for, or then you're hiring out for an online business manager, integrator, something like that. Sure. And, you know, one question I guess I want to wrap up with is potentially having an integrator already in your business, but maybe mm-hmm. not knowing it yet, you know, yeah. or, or somebody who just has those skills and recognizing it. I don't know if you or if like any of the training that you've done or resources or just other integrators that you know, or situations where you have co-founders and one of the co-founders is naturally yeah. a visionary and the other an integrator. But I don't know if that's like if you have somebody on your team who might be able to fill that role. How do you go about, you know, like what would you recommend they do maybe to to refine or sharpen Mm -hmm. those skills? Yeah, it sounds silly, but read the book Rocket Fuel. Like I really do. I think that that is really powerful. And um, listen to it on audio if you're like cat reading is like so old school. Like fine, <laughs> get it on audio, pretend it's a podcast, whatever you want to do, but really look at Rocket Fuel. And then like I said, there is an assessment. It's like short and sweet, five minutes, take that assessment. And I think that's just going to clearly start to tell you right away like, oh, okay, yes, I am swinging in the visionary role, or maybe you're like me and you think you're a visionary and you're actually an integrator. And then you like have a lot of aha moments, but then asking your team to do it, ask your VA to do it, or ask somebody within your organization already to take this assessment or read this book and start to have those conversations per what rocket fuel teaches and what the traction method teaches is there can only be one person in each of those roles. So if there are co-founders, there typically is a natural visionary and integrator. Sometimes that's strengths, just they are naturally that way. Sometimes that's because of the roles they've been forced to fill. So then you start to have those conversations and one's like, man, I hate being the integrator, like what's going on. And then you have a little bit of friction, but you figure it out. So even for y'all at till Davey, I think it would be really fascinating with the three of you. Like there's three and technically per the book, there can only be like two, one (laughs) in each. But it'd be really interesting to see like, okay, how does this work? And how are the operating systems already set? Like between the three of you and not only how or have the chips fallen, but is everybody really acting within their strengths with the way that the chips have fallen? And that's what I think is super fascinating within businesses already that maybe have an integrator that they don't know it. Yeah, you know, it would be really interesting for the three of us at Till to take that assessment. And honestly, not really sure kind of where we each fall. It's, I mean, it's really interesting to think about because at Davey and Krista, I think it's a little more clear cut. Mm-hmm. Krista's probably more of an integrator and I'm probably more of a visionary. You know, I'd be interested. I'll have to ask her when we record the the hiring podcast what she, what she thinks about that. But uh, I would assume she would agree. And then on the Till side of things, it's just a really interesting partnership. And honestly, just one of the most fun partnerships that I've ever been a part yeah. of. I'm just thinking through our skills or what I think sort of each of us are naturally good at. And I feel like we all have very different strengths that complement each other well. And so Mm -hmm. it's been a very harmonious partnership, which is of course good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe no one's an integrator, you know, maybe you're each filling different roles within the org chart and saying like, but we're having to fill integration. So maybe that's a hiring out next or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, potentially. So our skills, I feel like complement each other. And then we have, and it doesn't mean we haven't had hard conversations and challenges and stuff for sure. But, you know, we have a lot of fun too. And our skills and too, and even like just looking over the business and at different growth phases, Mm -hmm. one of us or different sets of the founders have had maybe more relevant experience or I don't know. It's it's really interesting to think about. I won't bore anybody with uh, my <laughs> <laughs> just my my off the cuff reflections on that. I'll save it for another podcast. But Kat, thank you so much for uh, talking to us about what an integrator is. And honestly, this this conversation is a lot of fun because I think more fun because I just had very little idea, obviously, <laughs> of what an integrator was. You got the wheels turning for sure. Where can people learn more about Creative a Heart, and where can they learn more about? I guess are you available to hire as an integrator? Yeah, I knew that question of, was coming. Like the whole yeah, sorry. episode. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I think if it were the right fit, potentially. But yeah, I, I'm just going to say that. I think if it were the right fit, it's not something sure. that I'm looking to take on lots and lots and lots of clients. I've been mm-hmm. really selective. And right now I have two and I, I love it. I love it yeah. so much. And so I think if it were the right fit, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. So if, if people do want to explore whether that's the right fit or they have questions about being an integrator, where can they get in touch with you about that? Yeah. So, okay. For integration, catchmoyer.com is my website. And you can also find me on Instagram, send me a DM. I love voice DM. I love chatting that way. So let's reach out. Even if you just have other questions, not just about potentially hiring me, but just integration in general and rocket fuel and traction. Like I love all of this stuff. So would love to connect on Instagram about that. And then for creative at heart, if you're interested in being a part of the conference this year, round10.creativeatheartconference.com. And we have a live chat feature on that website. And it actually goes to my phone or my husband's phone, depending <laughs> on who's available. So it will be one of us. Cool. We will talk to you. <laughs> and we would love to do that and talk to you more about round 10 in July. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. And I'll make sure I include all that information in the show notes for sure. Awesome. Thank you, Davey. This was so fun. I loved it. Agreed. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DaveyandKrista.com. 